20. I am a self-professed hypocrite, as you all know. I make no bones about it. I say one thing, stand up here in the pulpit, preach about it, and fail miserably at doing it. So I just want to get that out in the open. As you know, I came to worship today because I need God. And I need your encouragement. I say this for the benefit of all the other people who refuse to come because that church is full of hypocrites, liars, and sinners. Spoiler alert. Luke 19 and verse 10, Jesus says, The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So I figure I'm right where I need to be. Not with those self-righteous people who turn up their noses at attending worship with the likes of people like me or my kind. But I came with, to be with honest folk who admit that without Jesus, we have no hope. I hope that's you. Today I come to worship you, Jesus, to thank you for your grace, to seek your guidance and forgiveness, to remember the awful price that you paid for this privilege to stand in the presence of God through you. That being said, I lied this week. As in, I told a lie. Several, in fact. Just like you did. You wondered when I was going to get there, didn't you? God is not happy about that. The bearing of false testimony is strictly prohibited by God. No matter how innovative we become. Any understanding of what God was saying to his children is greatly enhanced by a clear understanding of what it means to tell a lie. A lie carries with it the basic idea is to make something up, to stretch the truth. In and of itself, it is a fabrication. God said, you shall not bear false witness there in your Bibles in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 16. The verb to bear implies the act of carrying or spreading something. Think of shopping bags or a cold virus. While the adjective false describes that which is untrue. So if you will, you are toting around a toxic virus of untruth. And it is having devastating epidemic effects on not only this church, your family, this community, but our world as a whole. Stay there in Exodus chapter 20. Notice that in 20 and verse 16, it says, Thou shalt not bear false witness. And it comes from the direction of, as we talked about last week, you'll remember that it begins with, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. On the opposite end, it says, Thou shalt not covet. Coveting, covetousness is a desire of one's heart. Okay, A covetous heart in Exodus 20 and verse 17, which puts us at odds with having no other gods on the other end of the spectrum, if you will. In 20 and verse 3. And we are so often tempted to lie when we determine that our that we worship our desires. Opposing Exodus 20 and verse 5 to bow down and serve the idolatry which is us. According to Colossians 3 and verse 5, our greed. Understand that when we worship lying because we cannot have or lust for something or someone that is forbidden. That might be as simple as lying for other people's approval. Say, uh, lying to impress them. Or to avoid the negative consequences of our behavior, as we often do. Sometimes we 
uh, hide the truth of what we've been or what we've done. Even to something more tangible. When we are greedy for more. For instance, lying to get more money than you owe. Or lying to get more money than you are owed. Or simply just taking something that's not yours. Also notice that bearing false witness is the gateway to thou shalt not steal. In Exodus 20 and verse 15. Lying is a malicious form of robbery. Bearing false witness robs the other person of the truth. So there in context you can see how God in his marvelous plan. Has shown us that it comes from a heart that is far away from God. Which leads to the next point. Lying is an abomination to God. Proverbs 6 verses 16 and 17. There are six things that the Lord hates. Seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes. A lying tongue. Now we need to stop there for a moment. Because you read right over that. And you do this blah blah thing. Okay? My kids do it at school all the time. They come across a word that they don't know. And in their minds they just go blah blah. Okay. Because they don't know what it means. It just they'll figure they, they'll come out in the context somehow. And that they'll understand when they get to the end. So you read that and you said there are six things that the Lord hates. So far so good. Seven that are a blah blah to him. Okay. Let's talk about abomination for a moment. Let me give you a word picture so that you can understand what that means. Not only does the Lord hate it. It is an abomination to him. The word abomination means it is detestable or loathsome. If you go to 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 17, the Lord abhorred, or it was abhorrent to him, the idolatry of the Ammonites because they would make their children pass through the fire. In other words, they would sacrifice them to the God by burning the children. Now, you would kind of go, that is so far removed from anything that I would even have anything to do with. And yet, in our day, in our time, in our society, I can tell you something abhorrent to you. And that's hearing on the news that someone punished their child for crying by burning them with a cigarette. Yes? That is loathsome. That is abhorrent. Okay? That is what God thinks of lying. It's in the same idea so much so that we read in revelation 21 and verse 8 but as for the cowardly the faithless the detestable as for murderers the sexually immoral sorcerers idolaters and all liars their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire with sulfur which is the second death do i make my point god doesn't want us to lie i think that's fairly clear so in our series of lessons about do this, not that, let's put it into legal terms as the Bible does. There are what are called false witnesses and there are faithful witnesses. Let's talk about the false witness first. Do not bear false witness. What does that mean? If you are ever called to witness in a criminal trial, courts will still have people affirm or swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Oftentimes, so help you God. One wonders just how many lives have been destroyed because they were falsely accused of something. Could I think of an example? Oh, wait, let's talk about Jesus in Mark chapter 14, verse 55, where it says, Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. And some stood up and bore false witness against him. You know the rest of the story. Because of their false witnesses, Jesus was murdered. 
Or Stephen in Acts 6, verse 12 and 13. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes. And they came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. And they set up false witnesses. And you know the rest of the story. Stephen became our first martyr for the faith as they stoned him to death based on the, on the testimony of a lie. To lie under oath is to, call, is, do, is to do what we call committing perjury. Perjury is when someone deliberately misleads or gives false information under oath punishable by being sent to prison. That being said, everyone wants the truth to come out when the courts are involved because we want justice to uphold truth. What we demand of the courts, we must demand in the pews. Since truth is what we demand of our society in the courts, we need to demand it of ourselves before the supreme judge of all eternity and this universe. There are several ways we can lie or bear false witness. I'll have a few later on, but just to kind of preview, we can help spread a rumor by spreading gossip about another information we have not verified, but will pass along. We are then practicing some of the worst forms of character assassination. We could turn a blind eye when truth is known, failing to say or take action to protect or serve or defend the helpless or to correct the wrong. It's still a lie because Turning a blind eye is still lying. We might fail to come forward with the truth or insinuate falsehood without actually saying something is so. We often just say the opposite of the truth. And that's probably the biggest thing. We just flat out didn't tell the truth. Isaiah 5 and verse 20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Jesus made it clear to his disciples that false testimony, that lying, was a key indicator of an unclean heart in Matthew 15 and verse 19. He says, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. Lying is a direct result of a disconnect between man and God. When God is not present, the truth is not present. So what do I do? Back to my beginning. I told you I lied. I'm being honest. How about you? And when I say that, it's why I'm here today. What do I do? Because I know I lied and I know you lied. The question is, what do, what do we do if this sin has become a part of our life? Let me give you four things. Number one, I think they're all on the board. You can write them down if you like. First of all, let's stop lying. Now you say... Well, that's easy for you to do. Actually, it's not to tell you the truth. Okay. I struggle with the truth just like anybody else. I have to remind myself, these sermons are more for me than anybody else. So I'm telling myself as I'm telling you, stop lying. A falsehood can be described as an invention, an equivocation, a falsification, saying that something is when you don't know it isn't, you know. It's a lot of those things. It's a fabrication, a prevarication, whatever you want to call it. It's dishonesty in all its different sizes and shapes. There are big lies, the whoppers and the grand deceptions. Then there are those little lies we tell, the half-truths, the flatteries that aren't quite all of the truth and the fibs. What we say may be true as far as it goes, but we leave out the details that might put a disadvantage to us or make us look better than someone else. We need to recognize this as sin before our holy and righteous God. Secondly, stop telling white lies. 
Half a truth is still half a lie. My grandmother always told me. And it's true. Half a truth is still half a lie. Exaggerations, instead of telling the whole truth, we've been, we, we're guilty of those half-truths or telling only one side of the truth. Manipulating the truth. Leaving out some of the truth. Adding to the truth. Maybe telling the truth in such a way that builds us up and makes others look worse. Christian, we are guilty of little sins. Those respectable sins. We say to one another, I'll pray for you. But you never end up praying for them. We say, I'll be at church on Sunday. But we don't end up showing up to church on Sunday. We enter the phone call when a telemarketer calls for our mom or dad. And we're looking right at them at the dinner table and we say, they're not home. Or we tell somebody, I will be there to do something and then we don't show up. That's a lie. That's an abomination to God. Thirdly, stop hanging around people who lie. Exodus 23, verses 1 through 3. You shall not spread a false report. You shall not join hands with a wicked man to be a malicious witness. You shall not fall in with the many who do evil, nor shall you bear witness in a lawsuit siding with the many so as to pervert justice. Nor shall you be partial to a poor man in his lawsuit. I'll put it to you this way. Think before you tweet. Facebook should have a think before you write instead of a what's on your mind. Christians could use this counsel as well. Children, don't lie to your parents. You need to hear that. Same way, young people, don't be loose with the truth. Sad part of it is we know you're lying when you do. Older folks, speak the truth and pass on the truth to the next generation, but don't spread lies. Finally, stop being the devil's child. You go, what's wrong with a little, making life a little interesting? I'll tell you what it is. It's being the devil's child. Okay? If I told you that, that lying puts you at the other end of the spectrum away from God, then I'm going to tell you this from John chapter 8 and verse 44, where Jesus says, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now, when I lie, who do I look like? It's not Jesus. When I answer the question, what would Jesus do? Jesus wouldn't lie. We must recognize the damage we cause to another person. The devil tells the truth that makes him look like the hero and everyone else the bad guy. Don't change the narrative like that. Just tell the truth. The devil is so quick to rush to judgment in an online world. It's easy to believe lies about someone without having the proper facts. Don't get into that. Stop it. So, what's the answer? Be a faithful witness. Don't be a false witness. Proverbs 14 and verse 5 says, A faithful witness does not lie. So, how do I do that? This is where that you would really want you know, your, my, my wife's encouragement to me. She says, honey, she says, let your answers be simple and short. That's hard for me sometimes. Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 through 37. Again, I, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his, is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, 
for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. So just keep it short and sweet. Kiss it. Keep it short and sweet. Ephesians 4 verse 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. The proverb is, the less said, the better. It keeps you from lying. I need to hear that. You need to hear that. Secondly, let our witness be true and fair. Church, in our evangelism, we must not only talk about the love of God, we have to talk about the judgment of God. I've said this once, I've said it a hundred times. You can't have grace if you don't have sin. For everybody to go to heaven, it meant Jesus came and died on the cross for no reason at all. Folks, there are sinners who are in need of the grace of God. Amen? But they need to know, first of all, that they are sinners so that they can appreciate the sacrifice that was made so that the grace of God could extend to their life. If we don't share the whole message, then all we're doing is just have people raise hands, say prayer, whatever it is we think we ought to have to do out there. And then all we're going to do is just say, lolly, 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 come in, lolly, lolly, up, can free. No. We have to talk about love, but we have to talk about judgment. Unbelievers will never know the greatness of God's love if they don't understand God's judgment. We're going to speak about faith and Jesus as the sufficient mediator. We must also speak of repentance to God. There is something I have to do. I have to come before God and admit my sinfulness. I have to come before God and own my unworthiness. I have to come before God and say, be merciful to me, a sinner. I have to have my sins washed away. Because without it, I don't stand before God as holy. And He will make my conscience and my soul clean. Many believers have a shallow understanding of who God is and it shows. When there is a lack of devotion to the teaching and instruction of the Bible. Listen carefully. Getting the message of the Bible wrong is to bear false witness about God. It is to create an idol in the place of the one and true and living God by creating something that people worship that's not true. We have to be so very careful that we stay in the book, by the book, for the book, because those are the words from God. Let us tell the truth at all times, in all places, to all people, and hold each other accountable. Let our souls be forgiven of our sinfulness by our confession to God. A false witness who told lies in the legal context not only could damage someone's reputation, but could also damage their life. Consider Joseph in Genesis chapter 39. Joseph just doing his job. Woman lies about him and he's thrown in prison. Or Naboth in 1 Kings chapter 21 has a beautiful vineyard. He's there. Somebody rides by, likes it, spreads some false witnesses. They kill him and take the vineyard. Wasn't doing anything. Innocent person. A lie changed everything. God wants a society where truth is upheld. But more importantly, in which the truth is upheld in the church. Because we are called in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, the pillar of truth. If we're going to please the Lord, we must be people who speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, especially in a world that denies the truth and treats it loosely. 
Now turn over with me to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. Be reading verses 5 through 7. It is my confession this morning. You can share it with me. Isaiah says, And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. We are the people of unclean lips, aren't we? You can go ahead and say amen if you want to. It's not going to hurt you. Remember, we're all hypocrites here. Sinners needing the grace of God. We must confess our sin. I confess to you that I have lied. You confess as well. Amen. We have all failed to courageously tell the truth. We have worshipped the serpent's lie that truth doesn't matter. All of us have told something that is untrue and or not said something that is true. All of us have damaged someone's reputation through gossip or slander. Or we have caused reproach to come upon the name of Jesus because we have not kept our word All of us have failed to believe the truth about God in some respect because we keep arguing about it, saying, I just don't see it that way or that's not the way I interpret it. It is the word from God. It is to be followed. It is to be revered. When you recognize this truth about myself or yourself, then I am a sinner condemned by a truthful God. I and you as well can recognize the truth of Jesus as our Savior coming to him in repentance, becoming a people of the truth. And as sinners, if we need to have that sin washed away in baptism, we need to do that as well. I'll leave you with these scriptures. Psalm 119 verse 29, put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. Psalm 141 verse 3, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. I actually underlined this one in my Bible. You need to write this on your mirror so you see it every morning. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Proverbs 14 and verse 25. A truthful witness saves lives. One who breathes out lies is deceitful. I would underline the first part of that one as well. A truthful witness saves lives because that's the business we're in. We need to go tell the truth. And we need to bring people to Jesus. But they won't believe in Jesus. If we're lying to them. So how about it? Have I come to the right place this morning? Have I come to a place? Am I worshiping with honest sinners before a righteous God in need of grace? Amen. Make it so church. Make it so. And the invitation is for us to respond to that. We need to tell God the honest truth. If you need to come to the front and make that known, we will pray with you. Not in judgment. But to kneel beside you as a fellow sinner. You may be here and you need to be baptized to wash away sin like lying or covetousness in your life. To obey the gospel, to accept the grace of God that he might wipe your conscience and your soul clean of sin. 
we offer that invitation to you as well and would help you in that. Maybe you're sitting there in the pew and you think, coming to the front, not ready to do that. But maybe in the moment that we sing this song, you take a moment and reflect upon your life and rededicate that, not only in repentance for what you have done, but in a rededication to going from this place and telling the truth, first, foremost, and always. If you need to respond to God's invitation this morning, and we could help you in some way by coming to the front, would you do so now as together we stand and as we sing?